This information is just one of more than 2,100 peer-reviewed articles from Vet Lexicon Equus, provided by VetStream, Definitive Veterinary Intelligence. Vasculitis in Horses, from Vet Lexicon Equus. Contributors, Nicola Menzies-Gore, Graham Munro, Jamie Prutton. Introduction. Cause. Immune-mediated hypersensitivity, infection, which could be EVA, EIA, anaplasma, or EHV. Toxins, including drug-induced toxins, hepatopathy, photoactivated, or neoplasia. The signs, edema, erythema, subcutaneous hemorrhage, including mucosal petechiae and ecchymosis, crust, ulcers and serum oozing on the distal limbs, face, abdomen and ears, a reluctance to move, pyrexia, inappetence, depression and weight loss, a secondary cellulitis, thrombophlebitis, laminitis and pneumonia have all been described. Diagnosis is made on clinical history, histopathology and response to medication. Treatment. Treatment of the underlying disease is done by therapeutic antimicrobial therapy, systemic glucocorticoids in immune-mediated disease, non-steroidals. If edema is severe, then intensive care may be required for pleurotherapy. Hydrotherapy and a tracheostomy may be required if laryngeal obstruction occurs. Prognosis is fair with an early and aggressive therapeutic approach. It depends, obviously, on the underlying cause. Presenting signs. These are variable depending on the underlying etiology. Cutaneous lesions. These are serum oozing followed by crusting, ulceration, erythema and edema. Edema. This will often be in the distal limbs, purpura hemorrhagica, but can be over the entire body. Mucous membranes, petechiation or ecchymosis, depending on the severity of the vasculitis. Behavioural changes, these are likely to be secondary to discomfort and include anorexia, depression and a reluctance to move. Systemic signs relating to internal vasculitis, such as multi-organ failure. Systemic signs relating to the underlying disease, such as strep equus equi. Systemic signs relating to underlying disease, such as streptococcus equi equi. Acute presentation. See the presenting signs above. If it's drug-induced, it's likely to be a number of days after administration, once an immune-mediated response has occurred. This can be a worldwide geographic incidence. Tends to be in animals over greater two years of age. Gender predisposition is that more mares are affected than stallions or geldings in one report of 19 cases of cutaneous vasculitis. Public health considerations. There's no zoonotic potential, but a contagious risk is present for many of the etiologies, i.e. Streptococcus equi equi, EHV, EIA, 
EVA and anaplasma. Cost considerations. 10 to 14 days of drug treatment. A possible recurrence of immune-mediated disease. Intensive care may be required in extreme cases. Special risks. This depends on the etiology. For example, if the primary etiology is infectious, then spread to other animals should be considered. Pathogenesis. Etiology. Generally, a secondary manifestation of a primary infectious, toxic or neoplastic process, although it can be a primary immune-mediated disease. Immune-mediated hypersensitivity or infection. Equine viral arteritis, equine ehrlichiosis, equine infectious anemia, equine influenza, streptococcus equi equi, also known as purpura hemorrhagica, African horse sickness, and equine herpes virus. You can get photoactivated vasculitis, which is a rare type of photosensitization. Leukocytoclastic vasculitis. This may involve drugs or a hypersensitivity reaction to unknown antigens. Hepatopathy with secondary photoactivated vasculitis. Drug interaction, such as penicillin, potentiated sulfonamides, ceftifor, rifampin, acepromazine, ditomidine, and tildronate. Systemic disease, providing a source of the antigen, bronchopneumonia, coloangiohepatitis, granulomatous enteritis, colitis, neoplasia, and of course, toxic causes. Frequently, the etiology is not diagnosed. Predisposing factors. The genetic predisposition to hypersensitivity, physical factors such as blood flow turbulence, hydrostatic vessel pressure, previous endothelial damage, altered immunoregulatory mechanisms. Specific, abundant sunlight, large areas of non-pigmented skin, precipitating a photoactivated disease, vaccination against Streptococcus equi equi, exposure to any of the infectious causes as described above. Long-term drug therapy. Pathophysiology. Vasculitis is a general pathological term for inflation of blood vessels of any type and location, regardless of etiology. It can be a primary process or a component of underlying disease. It can be from a direct damage to a blood vessel wall or immune-mediated hypersensitivity levels leading to inflammation of the blood vessels, which then can release vasoactive amines and beta-integrins. The small vessels of the skin, mainly the post-capillary venules, are typically involved. However, the syndrome may affect blood vessels of any organ. Vessel damage leads to edema, and hemorrhage leads to ischemia of the tissues normally supplied by the damaged vessels, hence the wide variety of possible clinical signs. Immune-mediated disease can therefore be an antigenic stimulus leading to hypersensitivity, such as a microbe, a drug, toxin, foreign proteins, etc. 
type 3 hypersensitivity can lead to a deposition of immune complexes in vessel walls at endothelial basement membrane level. This releases complement and neutrophils migrate to the site, releasing lysozymal enzymes, oxygen radicals, etc. And that can lead to vessel wall necrosis, leakage and luminal compromise. And then ultimately lead to edema, hemorrhage, thrombosis and ischemic tissue damage. Damage to the endothelium via changes in the cytokine levels results in vascular dysfunction characterized by an increase in vasoconstriction and platelet aggregation. EVA leads to a direct viral damage to the vessel wall. Photoactivated damage. The pathophysiology is not really known unless it's an ingestion of plants or drugs containing a photodynamic agents has occurred or liver failure leading to an ability, inability to detoxify phyloethrin. Time course. This depends on an underlying disease, such as Permara hemorrhagica, typically occurs one to two weeks after the presumed recovery from a strangles episode. Epidemiology. This depends on an underlying cause being identified. The strangles infection is most commonly occurring in animals two to five years of age. Diagnosis. Presenting problems, peripheral edema and cutaneous lesions. Client history, strangles vaccination, exposure to strep equi. Recent exposure to EVA, EIA or ticks in suspected ehrlichiosis in the USA and anaplasma in the UK. Exposure to sunlight in photosensitive animals. Clinical signs, non-pruritic cutaneous lesions of the head, peripheral limbs and ventral abdomen. The edema, which is warm, pitting and painful. Edema in purpura hemorrhagica is frequently localised to the limbs, but can also include the head. Urticarial plaques. Erythema. Serum exudate, leading to crusts and ulcers. These lesions are often confined to the non-pigmented skin of the distal limbs in photoactivated disease. Bullous lesions. Lesions may follow a vasculature pattern. Skin sloughing. Stiffness or a reluctance to move. Lesions on the mucous membrane such as mouth, vulva, eyes and nose. Petechiae, ecchymoses, ulcers. Systemic signs such as fever, anorexia, depression, weight loss, tachycardia, tachypnea. Also, signs relating to the primary disease, such as neoplasia or vasculitis of an internal organ, such as the kidney or gastrointestinal tract. Secondary complications, such as laminitis, thrombophlebitis and localised infections are quite common. The lesions elsewhere on the body can be lameness, colic, diarrhoea, ataxia, dyspnea due to the involvement with joints and muscles, gastrointestinal tract, respiratory tract and central nervous system. Respiratory stridor or distress can result from severe head edema. Diagnostic investigation, histopathology, obviously skin biopsy. The specimens collected early in the disease or lesion formation are the most diagnostic. A warning that we should not clip or scrub the lesion before biopsy 
only using scissors to trim the hair. Multiple sites for biopsy may increase the chances of a positive result, as the pathognomonic histological lesions are infrequent. Cytopathology. Direct immunofluorescence testing to demonstrate the presence of immunoglobulin deposition. A tip here is that biopsy lesions within 12 hours of the appearance and preserve in Michel's fixative. A warning that negative result does not eliminate an immune-mediated cause. Hematology. The findings are generally non-specific and determined by the underlying disease, multi-organ involvement and secondary complications. A neutrophilia is seen in about 50% of cases. A moderate to mild anemia can be secondary to an ongoing immune-mediated hemolytic anemia. Platelet clout and clotting profiles tend to be normal, especially in EIA and EVA. Biochemistry and abnormal acute phase markers of inflammation. Elevated serum amyloid A, decreased serum iron, and hyperfibrinogenemia. Hyperglobulinemia. Serum creatinine can be raised if there is kidney involvement. Urine analysis. Confirmation of diagnosis. The discriminatory diagnostic features are the history and clinical signs. The definitive diagnostic features are skin biopsy and histopathology. Gross autopsy findings are associated with the underlying disease. The histopathology findings. Most common inflammatory pattern is a leukocystoclastic inflammation. The presence of neutrophilic nuclear debris in and around the involved vessels with the vessel wall necrosis and fibrinoid changes. A differential diagnosis. Causes of ventral edema such as congestive heart failure, hypoproteinemia, peritonitis, pleuritis, trauma. Causes of the cutaneous lesions. Disseminated intravascular coagulation ulcerative lymphangitis, bacterial furunculosis, cellulitis, sporotrichosis, bullous pemphigoid, pemphigus foliaceus, systemic lupus erythmomatosis, drug eruption, some toxicoses such as stachybotrytoxicosis. Treatment. The initial symptomatic treatment can be used whilst a diagnosis is gained non-steroidals if the animal is uncomfortable and renal parameters are normal, hydrotherapy on swollen limbs with cold water, and walking to increase the lymphatic drainage. Standard treatment. The goals of the treatment are to remove the inciting cause, probably the antigenic stimulus, control the vasculitis, prevent or ameliorate the secondary problems. Removing the antigenic stimulus. You should cease the drug administration or replace the essential drug treatment with a drug of a different class. Perform culture and sensitivity to identify the primary bacterial pathogens and appropriate antimicrobial therapy. A tip here is to include penicillin to cover the possible streptococcal involvement. Combination of antimicrobial therapy provides prophylactic cover in the event of cellulitis, pneumonia or thrombophlebitis. 
Remove from ultraviolet exposure in the case of photoactivated disease. This has to be strictly maintained 24 hours a day. For ehrlichiosis, one should use oxytetracycline. To control the vasculitis. Systemic glucocorticoid therapy, such as dexamethasone, at 0.1 to 0.2 milligrams per kilo, SID, administered in the mornings, prednisolone, 0.5 to 1 milligram per kilo IM, or by mouth, BID. This is contraindicated in EIA, and one should also cover EIA case, uh, cases with antimicrobial therapy. Also a warning to reduce the dose of corticosteroids gradually over 10 to 20 days once the edema regresses. Supportive therapy. To reduce the edema, gentle hand walking, cold water hydrotherapy, pressure bandaging. For pain relief and additional anti-inflammatory action, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, such as phenylbutazone, flinoxin megalamine, intravenous fluid therapy. Ensure adequate nutrition. You may need a tracheostomy with severe respiratory tract edema or dysphagia. Monitoring. Response of clinical signs to the therapy. Subsequent management. Treatment. Secondary complications may develop in the course of treatment, such as cellulitis, pneumonia, or thrombophlebitis. Monitoring. Response of the clinical signs to therapy. Prevention. Control. This depends on underlying disease, e.g. the isolation of affected cases to prevent the spread of strangles. Group eradication. An appropriate isolation should be instigated for each infectious disease. Outcomes. Prognosis. This is difficult to give in individual cases. Some cases become chronic and recurrent. It's fair if the treatment is initiated early and aggressively, and recovery can be expected in two to three weeks. It's poor in equine infectious anemia and neoplasia, or if there's a serious secondary complication such as septic arthritis or extensive skin necrosis and sloughing. Expected response to treatment is to get a reduction in edema and lesion formation. Reasons for treatment failure. Some cases fail to respond for unknown reasons. Delayed treatment, relapse or recurrence. Secondary, serious complications such as septic arthritis, pneumonia, laminitis, thrombophobitis, myositis, renal failure and colitis have all been seen. We hope you found this information useful to understand more about vasculitis in horses. You can read this Vet Lexicon article and more than 2,200 other peer-reviewed articles by more than 350 clinical experts on the veterinary care of horses via www.vetstream.com forward slash treat forward slash equis. Copyright Vetstream. Definitive veterinary intelligence.